The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Earlier this year, a study found that on average, children first view porn at just 13 years of age. With the conversation surrounding accessibility of porn online being a long-running one, has society accepted that children viewing porn is a fact of life? Well, joining me now to talk about this is Richard Hogan, author and family psychotherapist, and Dr. Siobhan O'Higgins, sexologist and research fellow at the University of Galway. Good morning and welcome to you both. Um, Siobhan, first of all, do you think that parents really believe that their kids have access to porn? Well, I think because they're the ones giving them the phones, they're aware that they have access to everything. What they th- what I think that parents are in denial that they're actually that their children would actually look at porn. And the thing is that we know that 95% of 8 to 12-year-olds own a smartphone. And accessing porn is not just looking at porn sites. There's porn, pornographic imagery and ideas in all sorts of social media, in the music that they're listening to. So it's about working out how you're going to protect your child by being there for your child and knowing that they're going to see it. I think the parents have to accept that children are going to see pornographic images or um, unsavory things on their phones. And it's about creating a space for them to come to you and say, oh, I saw this. I'm worried about this. So it's about how are you going to support your children if not? Well, not if when they do see things that can be upsetting for them and are not age appropriate at all. It's very difficult for many parents to talk about any uh, of these matters with their their children and uh, porn uh, often it would be you know out of the ordinary sexual behavior even more difficult to talk about things like that so what to do well, well yeah, I mean, the problem is that pornography isn't, doesn't reflect equal relationships and it's often, uh, it's fantasy and it's often violent. So it's very disturbing for children. But children are curious. Children are trying to work out how they're going to explore and express their sexuality as they move through adolescence. So their curiosity is going to take them to places that we have no idea about as adults. I mean, we didn't have phones growing up. So the context in which our young children, our children are exploring and expressing their sexuality is very different to how we did it back in the day. So we have to be open to support them. And when we give them a phone, we need to be, they need to feel secure that if they see anything untoward, that they can come to us. And we're not going to take the phone away from them for having looked or found something like that. So that's very, very important because the, the biggest fear that children have is that, you know, they're going to take their phone, my phone away if I tell them. So we have to create open spaces so our children can talk to us about anything that they find upsetting. And to say, you know, if you see something upsetting, just turn it off, you know, move away from, yeah. you know, Stop it. So, you know, so that's Richard, very difficult. when you're dealing with, with families who've come across this issue, what do, you, what do you tell them? As I say, it can be deeply embarrassing to talk about this stuff. It is, Pat. It's like the big taboo, I suppose, in our society, but it's absolutely everywhere, Pat. And since 2000, 2007, it's, it's changed massively since the iPhone arrived and ubiquitous internet and internet access. And as Siobhan said there, she's spot on. Children as young as 13. I, I work with, in schools every day, Pat, and I work with families every day. And I work with couples, Pat. This is another part of it as well how pornography 
basically gets in there and destroys couples and intimacy. And so we need to get in there and be preventative. But it's bigger than a parenting issue. We, need, we, we do need legislation to come in and protect our children because we've, we've brought in legislation to stop vaping. We've, you know, our children can't buy alcohol and pornography is very destructive. I'm not a prude, Pat, right? I, I'm not prudish at all, but I work every day with teenagers and children. And I was in a school last year, Pat, where a child as young as, as a senior infant had consumed pornography. And here's the piece that's really important, Pat. Pornography isn't what pornography used to be. And that's really important because we normalised pornography before. You know, if you ever watched Friends, Joey and Chandler are sitting there watching pornography. It's all a bit of a joke, you know, and that's the normalisation of it. Pornography today is extreme, hardcore material. And yes, it's normal to be curious. We don't want to shame our children around their curiosity, but it's what they're satiating that curiosity with. That's what I'm troubled by. And that's why, you know, we, we need advocacy here to protect our children from consuming it. Uh, uh, Richard said, you know, uh, an infant exposed to uh, pornography. But Siobhan, at what age would a, a child be excited by pornography? Well, that, I don't know really what age, you know, if there's an age limit or an age start. You know, every child is curious. I mean, we talk to our children, hopefully, um, when they're in primary school about how babies are made and all of those kind of things to understand their bodies and how their bodies are changing. Their bodies are changing and they're going through puberty. And so they're, they're having sexual feelings as they grow in through puberty and into early adolescence. And so it's the curiosity that they're asking. It's about yeah, I think it's about parents being able to talk to their children and to say, well, I find it difficult to talk about these things, but let's look at, look at something together. So there's a lot of really good information on the internet for parents to use. You could go to scarletine.com or Webwise has really good um, ideas about how to deal with um, phone use. But in fact, if you go to se- se- sexualwellbeing.ie, there are, there are really good ways for p- parents to talk to their children from the year dot as to satiating their curiosity about what it is to be a human being, what it is to be a sexual being as they grow through puberty. So it's really about parents educating themselves to to give our children information. And children know that their parents are actually watching porn. Um, I mean, everybody watches porn as far as I can work out. And, you know, it's about being open about that, but being very, very clear that this is not realistic um, um, positive relationships. It's not about equal relationships. It's often very misogynistic. And as you say, it's often very violent. And it's not how we want our children to behave in intimate situations. But the ultimate thing is that all parents want their children ultimately to have wonderful sexual relationships and make them grandparents. So it's about how are we going to get that, get to that point when they are being bombarded by all sorts of images and ideas about how to be sexual beings that don't conform to what we think are loving relationships. So, Richard, to yeah. what extent is there a mimicking of what they see online? And therefore, yeah. if the sexual behaviour is extreme, that when they start to involve themselves in sexual activity yeah. with a partner, that they mimic that kind of behaviour. Absolutely, Pat. And that's, I think, that mimicking is actually what drives uh, sex trafficking. Because a lot of adults, young adults that I work with and adults, don't act out that mimicking with their partner. They go to seek that somewhere else. And that's a really important thing about pornography. And I but see that's with adults who are going yeah. to buy sex from exactly. some third party. But, yeah, yeah. but for teenagers, teenagers, I mean, if you know the 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 kiss and the cuddle, and now of course uh, people are much more 
active sexually yeah. at a younger age, but that kiss and a cuddle becomes something far more, more extreme, physical and yeah. violent. I've, I, I work with teenage girls every day, Pat, in my clinic, and I would sit there with these fantastic young adults who tell me about what they were asked for in their relationship. And I think we're sexualizing our children earlier than ever. Right, and I think that's coming through social media and the exposure to porn. And as Siobhan said, it's not that we know if they get exposed to it, they will be exposed to it. It's embedded into all, you know, facets of technology. And I sit there with teenage girls who tell me about what they were asked for in their relationship, and it's incredibly distressing to sit there and hear, you know, really hardcore things that you would not expect a fourteen-year-old boy to be engaged with or to be even thinking about. Mm-hmm. And it's only through what you suggested as mimicking. What happens when they're exposed to a lot of pornography over the years, and it it may be if you'll pardon the phrase, gentle porn at the, yeah. the beginning, um, but then it becomes more extreme. Are they seeking out more extreme? Uh, do they become inured to kind of normal sexual imagery and they look for something more? Or is it possible that people just get fed up with it? And I'll give you an example. Years ago in uh, Times Square, when it was a sleazy thing before mm. it became family friendly, I remember seeing two uh, children, a boy and a girl aged about nine or ten, holding hands, crossing Times Square, all around bil- sleazy billboards, yeah. all sorts. Of, they didn't care. They mm. just walked through it. Normalised. Yeah. It had been normalised, but ignored by yeah, them. exactly. Um, no, I think what happens actually, it drives compulsive sexual behaviour. I think it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Psychologically speaking, we have enough research to show us that the reward centres of the brain, neurotransmitters like dopamine fire when you consume sexual material. And so the more extreme, the more dopamine, the more extreme. So you keep going down this like rabbit hole of sexual content that's extreme, extreme, extreme. And I think it drives compulsive behaviour that actually isolates people incredibly. Okay, now the the advice is to try and talk to your kids if you suspect that they may be watching porn or have access to porn, which as you say, most of them have. But are there practical things that people can do to, to limit that access at least at a very early age I think there absolutely is there absolutely is limit things that you can limit you can turn off your children's access to their to their device to their um, apps at night I, this is a fundamental thing I would say to parents don't let your child have the phone in the bedroom at night time they should not be alone with their phone in bed they should have respite from the phone they shouldn't be alone in the bedroom with it okay that's a really important thing and they shouldn't have it first thing in the morning we need to embed into our everyday lives access that that doesn't allow our children to access this material it is a it is the finger in the dam. There's no doubt about it. They're going to consume it. They're going to see hardcore extreme material. But as parents, we can't sit by and say we can't do anything. We, there's loads of apps there that can protect your children and that can, that can prevent them from accessing it late at night. I'm horrified, says a texter, when I hear some of the words of songs that my 13-year-old sings purely from uh, very influential performers on YouTube or mm. TikTok. There's also very provocative dancing to these songs all of it equivalent to porn, it's a minefield. It is a minefield. That's it. We're, I mean, it's ubiquitous, Pat. We, sex sells. That's the reality. You know, that's the reality of, of, of the industry out there. It sells and it normalises it. And as you said about billboards and all that kind of stuff, you walk around, it's everywhere. The hunky-dory ad with girls with like in a bikini selling crisps. You're kind of going, what the hell has that got to do with crisps? You know, it's just this, it's the marketability of sex and it sells and we have to protect our children from it. As parents, we can't abdicate our responsibility. We have to bring in some, you know, apps there to protect them from consuming this stuff because it's dangerous, Pat. I'm not a prude, but I work with it every day and I see the dangers and I see the ills. It, it needs to be embedded in the wider socio-cultural context because pornography feeds dangerous narratives that women want to have consent, consent taken for them. Women like to be dominated. And, there's, you know, these are all misogynistic ideas. We don't want our teenage boys learning that at 12 or 13. We don't want that. You know, it's just, it's, it's very dangerous. 
Richard Hogan, author and psychotherapist, and Dr. Siobhan O'Higgins, sexologist and research fellow at the University of Galway. Uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.